Welcome to Fly the Coop, a podcast about raising and figuring out chickens by Erica Ryberg and Taylor Hall. This is episode two of Fly the Coop podcast. I'm glad everyone came back. Hope you enjoyed episode one and uh, we're glad to have you back for episode two. Yes. Again, this is Erica and Taylor who are here with you to talk about chickens or chicke. Or chicke. So today we're going to be talking about care and feeding of chickens. Everything you need to do to really start your flock and the things we've learned along the way. So one of the most important things, probably the most important thing, is making sure that uh, your chickens are fed. Um, Yes. Without that, they're uh, they're not going to do much else. No, Uh, they're not. (laughs) They're not going to be happy chickens, that's for sure. No, it's not. You may have seen there are chickens out there that are trained, and that's because they are so food motivated, you would not believe. Now, chickens are very, very food motivated, and, um, you know, it's uh, chickens will find food. Um, they will eat almost anything, but uh, it's important that they do have a good diet. A, a healthy, balanced diet. A, like humans, um, they do need that, that balance. Yeah. Um, a lot of the food that we feed them is commercially available. Um, we go to a major um, supply store in yes. the area. Um, and when you go in there, um, and I know a lot of this was me... Um, embracing the learning curve when I was figuring out what to buy for our chickens, um, you see a lot of different things and it's almost sensory overload. You see, yeah, uh, layer versus, uh, chick versus, uh, show, um, just different types of foods like that. And then you see, uh, the types of feed, you see pellet versus crumble. You see things like scratch versus cracked corn versus, um, any number of different versus mealworm. Um, so you see a million different things and, uh, it can be very overwhelming. So, uh, very important thing is know that it's not a bad thing to ask for help. Yes. Um, especially when you're at one of those wonderful stores where likely some of the people in the stores have chickens. Yep. I know the last time I went into one of the big stores and was looking for something, um, I wanted to get a new water feeder or a new, fo- a new food feeder for the chickens. I wanted something a little bit bigger because we had anticipated going away. Uh, so I talked to the gentleman at the store and lo and behold, he had something like 50 chickens at home. Uh, and for us, you know, the number, the question we get is how many chickens do you have? Mm. We just have four. So we don't have a giant, our intention is not to have a farm of chickens, but the exposure will get to other people who have, you know, larger flocks and more chickens, uh, will be great if you just ask when you're in one of these stores, cause the experience is vast there. Um, so that being said, uh, before we keep going, I think it's important to say that um, what I'm going to talk about is what we found that works for our flock. Uh, everybody has different things that work for their flocks, and your chickens may or may not like some of the things that our chickens do like. So 
don't take anything that we talk about today as gospel, as um, 100% true and the only thing that works every time. Um, every flock, like I said, is different. Uh, these are just, like I said, what's worked for us, what we found uh, makes our chickens happy. You know, just the things that we found out as we continue on our journey. So, first thing I talked about is all the different uh, types of food that you see in the store. So, chick versus layer versus show. Uh, you find out that those are the different types of, um, of birds. Uh, chick food being for little... Babies! That's right, babies. Uh, show food is going to be um, a higher protein uh, food that's going to be for show birds. So there's people out there that take their chickens to different shows. Um, you know, they're a local community fair. Right. Which thing. is a great place to find chickens, apparently, as well. <laughs> if you want a fancy chicken. And then the food that we buy is layer. Uh, which layer is, pellet. Well, we'll get to that in a okay. minute, but it's it's layer food. It's getting there. Um, because we keep our flock for the eggs, typically. So we want a food that's uh, designed for layer chickens. Layer chickens, that's right. Uh, after that, you look at different things like pellet versus crumble. That's... The actual texture of the food so a pellet is what it sounds like an actual round cylindrical pellet yes um and then crumble is a crumbly uh, it's that pellet smashed up into small bits that's the best way to describe it <laughs> um and obviously much smaller uh, than the pellet i buy both of those um, and I'll mix them together. I find that um, they, they work well in a mix together. And I like to be able to throw some of the, the crumble out into the run to uh, give the, the chickens... Uh, something some, fun to do. Something to, to peck at during the day. Um, so I like to mix some of the regular food in with some of the treats that I give them in their run. Uh, and I'll use the crumble uh, food for that. Uh, some of the other things that you'll see, um, and I'll let Erica talk a little bit about this, you'll see things like cracked corn, mealworm, scratch. Yeah, and but, but before that too, I just wanted to say that, um, so the protein content in some of these foods vary. So I know Taylor has talked with our, our contacts at our local farm <laughs> provider and, uh, for example, bought chick feed at certain points for a higher protein content. And that's to help keep the chickens healthy and the eggs healthy as well. Yeah, and the times that I've bought the chick feed uh, specifically in the winter, um, as the chickens were molting, um, losing that's their right. summer feathers and getting their, their winter feathers, having a little bit higher protein uh, was important for that process. And I wanted to make sure that their diet supported that. And with the conversation that I had with one of the employees at our local farm supply store, uh, she indicated that that would be the best solution was incorporating in a little bit of chick feed. So make sure if you're molting, chickens are molting, they get that extra little bit of protein that they need. 
I forgot that they do that. We have Naked Next, which we'll talk again about breeds in another episode coming up soon. But our Naked Necks don't have feathers on their necks. So you're already thinking, man, they're probably kind of cold in the winter. And then they start losing their feathers and you feel really bad for them, even though they're not the nicest of chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So moving on. There's uh, sort of the treat category of uh, foods for chickens. Which can be overwhelming in and of itself (laughs) as well. And we've bought any number of treats. One of the first things they gave me uh, when I first got my chickens, I went to a different, another farm supply store close to our community, and they gave me a bag of scratch. And I had to go and do my reading about scratch, which it's a mixture of corn and seed, uh... And it's basically, as I read on a blog, people call it the hamburgers and fries for chickens. So it's not the healthiest thing, but man, do they love it. So it's just a mixed bag of a snack, so to say, for the chickens. That's not that good for them, but they do like eating it. And you can buy it in these giant bags. Um, so we give it to them, you know, as more of an activity kind of thing, not as a daily supplement. Uh now and again it's not an everyday treat it's a once in a while treat there's also i know taylor's bought uh, mealworms which are dried mealworms they love those too again though that's more of a treat that's a specialty uh that's not something you want to give them every day and then what was the oh you said corn yeah cracked corn corn. which is just scratch without it's just scratch without all the fun um, and then, of course. Yeah, and then we also, um, I call them my little composters sometimes because chickens produce really great manure. And I've actually used it in my garden this year. Um, and so one of the other cool things you can do is if you have any leftover veggies or veggies for me, I'm a vegetarian, right? I eat a lot of vegetables. I buy a lot of produce. Sometimes I don't get to it and I feel bad about that. But um, to using it in my cooking planning for I usually buy food at two weeks at a time so by the end of that two week time frame if I haven't cooked something those veggies will be bad most likely especially if it's something like lettuce and let me tell you chickens are the happiest little vegetarians you've ever seen other than the fact that they eat worms but and ticks and other things in the yard but (sighs) they love 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 vegetables and fruit Um, They get confused sometimes, like if I throw a carrot stick at them, they're like, why did you just throw this big log at me? So it's nice to chop things down and to give them smaller amounts of the vegetables. They love lettuce, um, carrots, kale, um, kale, kale is a, you know, they're a huge fan of kale. If you're a person who loves to eat green vegetables, man, your chickens will love that too. If you're a person who doesn't like to eat green vegetables and it goes bad, guess what? Your chickens will eat it. And it won't go to great waste. And it creates this wonderful ecosystem you have right in your own home where, you know, your chickens are eating um, your compost or things that go into the compost or in the trash. And then you're getting this wonderful fertilizer back in time. (laughs) So it's kind of a cool little ecosystem you end up running. Uh, and they also love like uh, fruit. We've given them strawberries. We've given them apples, um, celery, not a fruit, but lots and lots of leftover veggies. Sweet potatoes, apparently, they're fans of. Uh, we also will take things out of the cabinet once in a while. Things like pumpkin seeds, dried cranberries, they're fans of. But nothing that we've done anything to. So um, yeah, 
the sweet potatoes, obviously, it's potatoes that are beyond our ability to eat but haven't turned so bad and also that we haven't covered in butter or yeah. um, other good <laughs> they're stuff. They're getting the raw the raw stuff. Yeah, they're not getting the, the finished. <laughs> not the finished product like with all my uh, I made Indian food the other night so you know, not with like curry powder on it or anything. <laughs> but they do love a lot of different things and they're pretty flexible and they're good little eaters uh, and you'll be benefited by that down the line with that wonderful fertilizer. So we do give them treats from time to time that come from either the house. And I also have a little garden. So I end up with some extra kale sometimes and that works too. Our landlords have also come over and um, we've picked up tons of grass and things from the yard um, that overgrew in our greenhouse. We threw that in the coop in the run because then the it, it you'd be amazed at how quickly that becomes part of that chicken fertilizer process. <laughs> So there's things like that you could throw in the coop just to have them, you know, sort of run around in. And I guess they eat some of the grass, too, um, because they love eating everything around the coop, uh, around the run. Um, Yeah. So we have found, in addition to treats, that we have had to supplement their diets with certain things. So for a while, I was giving them oyster shells. Uh, we were finding that uh, the eggs that they were laying had very soft shells. And uh, again, talking to one of the wonderful uh, employees at our farm supply, local farm supply store, she indicated that this was probably due to a lack of calcium in their diet and recommended that I supplement with calcium um, in the form of oyster shells. So I added those into their diet, um, would add them into a little bit into their regular feed, into their food, uh, but then also in the run, I would throw in a, a mix of the oyster shells, a little bit of scratch, and a little bit of their regular feed. So when they're in the run during the day and looking to um, packet something, they have that there as well um i think that that gives them an, an outlet um something to peck at and also uh gives them access to that supplement that they uh that they need in their diet uh we've also at different times tried uh other additives uh, bought commercially available chicken vitamins um on my own through no recommendation um like anything else like any other supplement or vitamin uh that you'll find at a human store um you can get chicken vitamins and like human vitamins they are of varying quality and uh dubious uh benefits sometimes uh i don't regret buying those but i also think that like a lot of vitamins, uh, the trick is that you have to use it over the long term and you, you're not going to see benefits right off, like, the right off the bat and like a, a light switch. Um, I, I think people treat a lot of these supplements as sort of a panacea and uh, they're not that. Um, the one thing that I do find is a... Uh, big indicator, um, not indicator or, um, is, is a big help is making sure that they have clean water every day. Um, making sure that their water is always clean 
Because they won't make a mess of it, they, believe they... us. And there's different ways to um, give chickens water, even. You'll see there's different water feeders that you can get. Um, Here in New England, when it gets cold, uh, we have a problem with freezing. There's specialty feeders that keep the water from freezing, freezing. but... Erica found that the best thing that works for us was... And, and l- at least expensive option. It was actually... A heated dog bowl. Uh, so that, that worked very well for us. And we have power out in our coop, so that's part of the reason why we're able to just use a heated dog bowl. We actually use the heated dog bowl most of the year. Obviously, we unplug it when it's not cold, but they last, you know, they don't last a very long time, <laughs> but... They'll, you know, they give you, basically, it's the best bang for your buck scenario where it won't last you forever, the, the mechanisms will die out, but it'll keep your water from being frozen for your chickens over the winter and their access to water is really important. So we kind of found a, a, a cheap scenario, inexpensive scenario of using the dog heated dog bowl. And they will make a mess of that because it doesn't have those little feeders like the regular chicken waterers do, but... For us, it just works. You can also outfit one um, using a chicken water if you really want to get fancy and uh, make it so that you have an attached chicken water to your heated dog bowl. Uh, but I just thought, you know, that's kind of overkill. You don't need that that much uh, going into the watering of your chickens. We, they just need water, like all of us, to sustain life. And as long as we clean it out, you know, once every day to every other day, we're good. Um, so we've talked a lot about food, and like I said at the beginning, this is what's worked for us. Uh, every flock is different. So, oh, and one more thing. Yep. So the feeders you buy based on the flock size. So they're based on poundage or weight. You can buy a really small one. The small one for us would give our chickens um, enough food for a day. And then from there, we got a, because I thought we were going away, we got um, a seven, seven pound feeder, I believe it is, around there. So it has about seven pounds of feed in there, and that will last us a few days. So there's different sizes of feeders, and that all depends really on the size of your flock and how much food they're going through. But they're free rangers, so you don't have to sort of regulate their food. They know how much they need. They love, they love eating, but... Um, they're yeah. not going to get too obese as long as you're not giving them too many burgers and fries, i.e. scratch <laughs> in that feeder every day or something like that. Uh, so we've talked about feed. Um, next important thing care. is care. Unlike a lot of other animals, there's not a lot that you need to do for the chickens themselves. Uh, but there is quite a bit that you need to do for the environment that they're in. Yeah. Um, so they're they're much more an environmental based animal Creature. than they, than they are. Um, you know, they need help. Uh, they need help. They can't do it themselves, guys. <laughs> they're not that good at that. They're not good at cleaning. I'll tell you that. I, I, I've left Windex and uh, spray bottles and paper towels out there, and they haven't done they anything. They haven't done anything. They're like the worst. I always say pets are the worst roommates, and they, they really are. And, of course, uh, the biggest thing as it relates to care and cleaning is their coop. That's their space. That's their house. You, uh, you know, wouldn't want to leave your house un- unkempt and uncleaned, and uh, neither do they. Uh, our cleaning ritual... About once a week, we'll go through, uh, clean everything out so that 
involves changing out all the bedding. Yep. Uh, for us, the bedding material, we buy two types of bedding. Uh, we buy wood-based, uh, wood-shaving-based bedding. Uh, we buy a fine flake and a uh, big flake. Uh, I use the big flake on the floor and the fine flake in their nesting areas. Uh, but the cleaning ritual, again, once a week, uh, taking the majority of that bedding material out, cleaning out all of the uh, waste. And, yes, they're, uh, they're great waste producers. Yes, cleaning all that out. Um, and we all... just use, we literally use a, like a shovel and a hoe. Yep. Pretty much to get that cleaning done. You'll see online, people have lots of different tools. We found like a winter shovel and a little hoe to do the work for us. And we have a, a big plant plastic planter that we'll take and dump it in. If you had a wheelbarrow, that would work too. Yep. Um, just to get it moved around. And then that's all we need. It goes into the compost pile. Yep. Um, you know, they are very messy. So I'll also clean out any of the excess food that spills um, just to keep stale food from building up in the coop. Uh, clean up some of the any of the other spills that accumulate in there. And then from there, uh, start replacing the uh, the bedding, the wood shavings. So the floor, uh, do a layer of the, the big flake, uh, clean out all of the nesting area, uh, do a small layer of the big flake, and then on top of that, uh, the fine flake, so that they have a nice, comfortable place to nest. Taylor uh, is more particular about that than I am. <laughs> I will just throw any kind of flake anywhere, but he likes to give them a nice, comfortable space. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to comment. So when I started, I may have mentioned in the previous episode, I used hay to start too. So there are other materials out there beyond the wood uh, flake, but I'm actually allergic to hay, A. <laughs> so just bringing that home in my car made me a little itchy. And then B, wood is actually less expensive. And after doing some internet research, uh, we did find that, you know, it was a pretty viable and good solution. And for me, it puts me further away from hay which is always great <laughs> so we like using wood but there's mm. alternatives out there there's tons of you can find even like there's mixed blends of things people and use paper paper uh, and there's fancy hay that has like alfalfa blended in or whatever it is so there's um, any number of like any other uh animal that needs bedding there's uh there's options there's options out there um you know, one of the other important things, keeping the run clean. So going through there about once a year. Uh, Mucking it out. Cleaning it out, going in there. I'll go in there with a shovel um, and the hoe and uh, just uh, rotate all the dirt. Um, clean it out, any, any sort of debris that's in there that doesn't belong in there. And uh, make it look a lot nicer. I was going to say, too, at one point we tried to build them a customized... Uh, chicken bath yeah, we did but which is not the kind of bath that uh, humans take humans take no they prefer a dust bath yeah uh with sand or some other um drier dirt um unfortunately they did not they didn't take to that they did not take to our dust bath so we did not uh, keep that in there they do enjoy digging in the dirt though it seems like they're trying to make some baths in the dirt uh, in lieu of our dust bath, but they're they're particular, and also our dust bath. We didn't cut holes in the bottom of the container we brought for that. Bought for that, so after leaving it outside, it started to get water in there. 
And became very heavy. And became a heavy sandbox. So that wasn't a great situation. Mm. And Taylor emptied it out and moved it. We still have the box for it. We did keep some sand in there for a while, but we haven't found a good solution for our sand bath yet. No. So we do use a run, um, and chickens are supposed to have a certain amount of space uh, in their living space and in their running space so that uh, they don't basically get in conflict, right? Because there is a hierarchy. You're thinking of pecking order. Ah, pecking order. Yes. So the minimum rule is about two to three square feet per chicken inside the chicken coop and eight to 10 square feet per chicken and an outside run. So our run is not too large, but they, they do tend to keep a good amount of space around there. And the chicken coop is very large. Ours is the size of a small playhouse, really. So they have lots of space inside. They have a roost. They have their nests. Um, and there's lots of walking space. So in a cold place like New England in the wintertime, they have places to go. And in the summertime, we do let them out in the run. Some people change, um, choose to uh, free range their chickens, which our chickens have gotten out from time to time. So they've free ranged in their own accord. But uh, for the most part, we like to keep them in the run. That's just to keep them safe from other predators. Um, chickens, if they were in the yard, uh, they're great at consuming ticks. Again, New England concern, we have tons of ticks. We have a big yard. Um, so that's something we've thought about is letting them free range. Um, but then also, you know, there's waste produced and that waste would get into our yard. And I guess it's good over time. But if we had children running around, say my niece and nephew came to visit, uh, we'd be more concerned about the, the waste in the yard. Um, so we don't tend to let them free range as much. But I do have lots of friends who have chickens who let them free range and that's great for their circumstance. I think we could let them free range if we had like a designated space for that. Um, that was free from other things, but because of concerns like salmonella, we really can't let them free range in the same way that uh, they could in other places. And we also rent. So we wanna make sure at the end of the day, our yard's not too messy for our chickens and for mm. us and for anyone else that might come over to visit. Mm. Um. Related to that, um, Erica, you wanted to talk about what we wear when we go into yeah. the coop. So I, I have these, this pair of rain boots that's kind of become my chicken coop boots because, again, salmonella concerns about that and tracking that through the house. Um, I typically, we ha we're lucky in that we have a porch, right? So we can leave our shoes that have been out in the coop out in the porch. We don't tend to wear those inside. But I have a pair of rain boots that I wear out in the coop. Especially if I know if it's messy in there, I'm going to get eggs, whatever. I leave them out in my porch, throw them on whenever I'm going out to the coop. Um, and that just prevents that tracking of any potential diseases you might be able to get having chickens. So a designated coop shoe is a good idea, in my opinion. And I had a pair of shoes that inadvertently became... The coop shoe? Coop shoes. <laughs> so we both have coop shoes, is the point. Yep. It's a really good thing to do. Another thing we wanted to talk about today is, uh, you know, we're talking about cleanliness and care. Uh, chicken's feelings, you know, they're creatures. Can, can you, you hug a chicken? Can you hug a chicken? It depends on the chicken, I'll tell you. Um, so we have two different breeds again. Um, we've got two chickens. There's a particular move that our black chicken Blanche does when you get close to her. And it's a submissive move. So what she does is she sort of squats down low to the ground. And that can be, you know, if they interpret you as a predator, they might do that. Um, 
but really it allows us to pet her and some chickens it's not as neg it's not as a negative it's not as much of a negative connotation as you may think um but it's just a submission thing so blanche we can pet and she's great and she'll do that little squat she's harder to pick up we have rose who's our champion of people okay she will run away from us just like most chickens but she's the one we can actually pick up and i've had you know uh for example i have a friend who has a half sister who's 13 and she loves animals so she wanted to spend some time with the chicken and guess what rose was her chicken you know because you can pick this chicken up you can hold her and you can pet her you can hug her so if you need a pet you know they're not the depending on the breed again it, it's luck of the draw just like most animals you don't they come with their personality traits and quirks just like us humans do um but we found our our orpingtons to be the very, huggable chickens. Very huggable. The huggable. naked necks, not so much. <laughs> we still like them. They produce a lot of nice eggs, but they're they're not as huggable. So that is our episode on care and feeding of your chickens. Again, this is episode two. Uh, if you enjoyed it, subscribe, share. If you have questions, you can send them through Erica's website. That's Erica, E-R-I-K-A, Rydberg, R-Y-D-B-E-R-G, dot com. Yep. And we'll have more episodes coming out soon. Thanks for listening to Fly the Coop. Thank you for listening to Fly the Coop podcast with Erica Rydberg and Taylor Hall. Our intro chicken sounds were from It's Adequate on freesound.org and our intro music was Dr. Turtle's track Ladies Take Me With You from freemusicarchive.org.